Welcome to DTRR News, where we will be discussing and staying on top of the latest news on AI and automation. With you to discuss this news, Jacob Magnol and David Griffith-Jones. Designing the Robot Revolution News this week. We have four stories, including Google announcing Palm Say Can, language models for everyday robots. Amazon have bought vacuum cleaning robot iRobot. A former Facebook exec has prototyped the iPhone of killer robots. And finally, there's exoskeletons and much more at the 2022 World Robot Conference in Beijing. I'll be sharing links to all of these articles in the notes. So uh, first up, the Google Palm Say Can. So Google has grafted its latest artificial technology for handling language called Palm Say Can onto robots from everyday robots an experimental division of parent company Alphabet. The resulting technology helps a robot interpret vague human commands and string together a sequence of actions to respond. Along with projects such as Tesla's bipedal Optimus robot, Boston Dynamics Creations and Amazon's Astro, it shows how robots could eventually move out of science fiction. When an AI researcher says to a Palm Seikan robot, I spilled my drink, can you help? The robot glides on its wheels through a kitchen in an office building, spots a sponge on the counter with its digital camera vision, grabs it with a motorised arm and carries it back to the researcher. When the robot receives a command, it pairs the language model's suggestions with a set of about 100 skills it's learnt. The skills will act as the language model's hands and eyes, they said in a Palm Seikan research paper. So, Jacob, this is, um, you know, Google are up to all sorts of things. Um, and one of their moonshot programs called Everyday Robots, it started off in what is called their X Labs. It is now a division uh, within Alphabet. And what they've done within this Everyday Robots, they are imagining robots in homes doing domestic tasks. But this news story is about Palm Say Can, which is now being embedded into these Everyday Robots. And it's being used in two different ways. First of all, it means that the robot can take natural language from someone who's making a request of it and make sense of it. So that's the first part, the way this uh, Palm Say Can is being used. But then secondly, in order to look at what skills it has and actually make suggestions then about what actions it does. So essentially what we're seeing is this natural language processing that Google have got a real head start on is now being applied to these potential new range of everyday robots to help them engage with the world there there are several things that i'm uh, excited about one of them is this is a big step towards actually having robots in the home and out in the world with us humans interacting i think that just the, the 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 having the ability to give a, a little bit less di- exact commands is one of the things that is really needed uh, one thing that makes me a little bit hesitant towards this is, I mean, I, I've been using these home assistants with using natural language models, and a lot of the time it can't help me. And sometimes it's due to it not being trained for what I'm asking it to do and stuff like that, technical limitations. And sometimes I feel like it's limited because they don't want to take responsibility for the consequences of the actions of the robot and here i'm a little bit like oh this is um will you google will you be able to take responsibility in the physical world for what we ask the robots to do if you're not 
like confident enough for me to search the internet or use certain apps or make a phone call um i don't know i'm I'm very positive this is cool this is a big step that they're actually that we are hearing about this now because that means that they've been working on it for some time um excited but also a little bit like how how is this gonna look yeah moving on jacob to the second story which is about amazon buying irobot Amazon have been on a bit of a spending spree recently. They um, just a few weeks ago acquired US healthcare company One Medical, and they've continued to in their investment round with a $1.7 billion offer for iRobot, the manufacturer of Roomba automated vacuum cleaners. This acquisition, if it goes through, will bolster Amazon's line of smart home products and add to the retail giant's vast store of consumer data. The move also raises a number of questions. Why is Amazon doing this? Should we as consumers be concerned? What will Amazon do with yet another product that generates large volumes of data about its users? So the iBot iBot Roomba vacuum gathers a particular kind of data about customers, or to be precise, it's really data about their homes. So the original robot vacuum cleaners, they kind of bumbled around the house, avoiding obstacles as best they could. And the latest versions of them do this by mapping models of the user's home in great detail. And that's great if you want your vacuum cleaner to autonomously clean your house and avoid falling downstairs, for example. But it raises a number of privacy concerns. A vacuum cleaner storing the layout of your home is not of great concern in itself. It simply makes it more efficient. But when the map data is stored in the cloud, we lose some control over them. So, Jacob, what do you think Amazon are up to here with scanning people's homes? What could they do with that data? I mean, two things. First, just shortly, super excited again that these big tech companies are moving into the physical space of of, of robotics and actually pushing it out. That tells us something about how we thought maybe the next frontier would be VR, I'm I'm leaning towards robotics and physical interactions with the digital being the next big thing that is going to be like the next iPhone, which is really cool. Then we have the privacy thing, and that's going to be the big thing, isn't it? That's going to be the 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 big debate of the next 10, 15 years, how to balance the need for, uh, in all fairness to these big companies... It is very difficult to create these awesome, really helpful services if we don't share the data. Yeah. So we have to weigh that. You do. And they'll cover everything in their terms and conditions. So I'm sure they'll have it all wrapped up. But I I was trying to think about what type of things they could do. And I imagine Amazon, they now have a a scanned 3D rendering of your apartment or of your home. Mm. Well, what if they could start to give you adverts that show different products placed in situ in your home. So instead of just seeing an advert for a new television or a new speaker or a new chair, you actually see that new chair, this chair would fit perfectly in, in the corner of your room, David, and actually serve you adverts like that. So that that's one place that it could be very useful commercially for them to have 3D maps of all our homes. I mean, I'm having trouble finding a good lamp to put in my living room. I would be happy for that. 
But then there are the privacy concerns. Well, I, I think this is an exciting development. Uh, something that we'll surely cover on the the proper podcast is the privacy part of of these systems. Um, awesome. Let's great, Jacob. Hear- so the third story this week, third of four stories, is about someone in Australia trying to keep, create the iPhone of killer robots. Now. It does sound a bit scary. And it's a company founded by former Facebook exec Palmer Lucky. His company is building three prototype AI-controlled underwater craft to help solve Australia's submarine problem. Now, I don't know if you saw that there was a big furore because Australia had been getting submarines designed by the French and then that contract got cancelled and it caused a bit of a stir. They're now having things done for them by the Americans and the British. But this Australia needs submarines to help protect its its borders. It's an island with a huge amount of water around it. So it, it has a problem that needs to be solved. And Palmer Lucky's company called Anduril has been contracted on a three-year, 140 million Australian dollar deal by the Australian Defence Force and their Next Generation Technologies Fund. As part of this commissioning, the company must deliver three operational prototype underwater drones capable of carrying sensors and weapons over great distances and to dive to depths of up to six kilometers below the surface. Known as extra large autonomous undersea vehicles, the submarines will be up to 30 meters long. Testing of the project systems will begin early next year. Now, this this is something that we've been spotting it here and there and it's been in the in the news about autonomous weapons i think this there's a lot of automation a lot of advancements happen within the military space and then they trickle down into commercial and domestic usage so it's interesting to see what's going on in the military space in terms of how can we see how those things trickle down to the consumers yeah but it's also interesting just in itself the use cases within military so a lot of autonomous weapons are maybe defensive. So you, you hear of all of these pr- protective missile launchers that can spot things coming over. They are autonomous. But then th- these submarines, yes, they're defensive, but they could also be more used for attacking as well. I think yeah. submarines are also a good example where we don't really want humans six kilometers under the ocean. So there are no. some clear benefits, but it opens up a really quite potentially scary world when you imagine these totally autonomous vehicles armed to the teeth where does this end this is the reason or one of the reasons why it's so important to have factual and and really thoughtful conversations about ai and the dangers in this case of of it being militarized and it will be we we have no say in this as private citizens i mean uh, I also live in Sweden. We live in Sweden, which is not going to affect these questions. I think, for me, this is one of the least scary military AI offensive news that I've heard ever, because it's underwater. I'm, I'm I like, if it's in space or underwater, there's a physical barrier between it and me, and I'm not going to get anything dropped on my head which is nice uh but i do think we we need to talk about this legislators needs to have open discussions about this so that we know what's going on and and it should be transparent and there needs to be very very strict rules 
the UN is a body uh, that is working on this, I know, and and I'm hesitantly looking forward to seeing what people that are working on this are coming up to with because it's a bit scary yeah there was that terrifying video wasn't there that i think we mentioned before of slaughter bots whereby you have these drones essentially armed with machine guns who can be programmed to go and attack people with certain characteristics and those could be racial characteristics or certain age or other dimensions and these slaughter bots go up up into high space and come down and can just attack as programmed so there's clearly a lot going on here and it's as i say as you said it's we want to bring light to this and make sure that these things are getting the attention that they that they need yeah finally jacob final story for this week is uh, about exoskeletons promoted as part of the 2022 world robot conference so the 2022 world robot conference has kicked off in beijing featuring the latest technologies and innovation in robotics. They were showing off everything from drones and humanoid bots used in search and rescue missions to robot servers and exoskeletons for the healthcare sector. Industrial robots that can help assemble a car or lift boxes still account for the bulk of sales among operators in China, but homegrown robot makers are increasingly eyeing the service and healthcare sectors, thanks in part to government policies aimed at turning China into an innovation hub by 2025. Rising labour costs and advancing technology have seen robots deployed in Chinese kitchens or even serving up coffee with robotic arms. Robots are also being pressed into service for everything from firefighting to delicate surgery. Xuao Mei, chairwoman of Beijing AI Robotics Technology, said on the sidelines of the show, we have the market advantage and the first mover advantage in terms of technology. The company is a leading maker of exoskeletons and other wearable robotic devices used in the healthcare sector to have patients regain movement or medical staffers lift an elderly person. Costs have been a barrier up until now, with the price tag for a full-body exoskeleton being more than 150000 US dollars. But AI Robotics has been cutting production costs to about one-tenth of their previous level, and now some of these exoskeletons are coming in at around 15,000 US dollars a piece, which really opens up the potential for them to be used. I'm super specifically excited about these exoskeletons, but it's also fascinating to see what's going on in China in terms of robotics. It really is leading the way. They have the World Robot Conference there. And yeah, what are your thoughts, Jacob? I mean, I can just think about, I I did uh, uh, some work in my, when I was doing my my university degree uh, on the lifts that nurses needs to do uh, to lift patients between beds and stuff like that. You can't really do that with a fully robotic system. And an exoskeleton could be fantastic for just alleviating some of the damage that these lifts do to, to these nurses. Um, that's very exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing more development within that space. Just yeah. the merging of human and machine yeah two main use cases i've seen for exoskeletons are for the people say in healthcare working to help them doing lifts or in an industrial context if people are having to do the heavy lifting that these exoskeletons can give that person the extra strength 
in order to do these tasks. The other I've seen is it, that there's exoskeletons that are enabling people who've lost the power in their legs to walk again. So it's actually oh, really? bringing in there. So there's huge potential for exoskeletons. Really curious to follow this one. That's the news for this week. Jacob, cool. any final thoughts before we close off? This has been our new segment, Designing the Robot Revolution News, DTRR News. Did you enjoy this? Did you think it was nice to listen to us go through the newest, the latest developments within AI and robotics uh, in a summary? If you did, please write to us on LinkedIn. If you never want to hear about this again, please write to us as well so that we know. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of DTRR News. Next week, a regular episode of Designing the Robot Revolution. If you have any feedback on Designing the Robot Revolution or DTRR News, please reach out to us at Designing the Robot Revolution on LinkedIn or reach out directly to Jacob Magnol or David Griffith-Jones on the same platform. Wherever you are, have a great day.